Um, so last term, um, we were reflecting a little bit on some of our stories and experiences as a community, um, how we came to be here as individuals, what has kept us here and what we are excited about moving forward, both in relation to Jesus with one another and with this town. Um, and for me, it felt, it felt a really rich time. Um, it felt hearing one another's stories, um, yeah, felt, felt really special. Um, and the first thing I would want to say about that is just how like grateful I felt for like, the vulnerability and honesty that people were sharing, whether that was in the front, whether that was written on pieces of paper or post-it notes, whether that was sharing conversation. Um, I'm really grateful that the people felt they were able to bring themselves to that. And um, yeah, that, that felt really important and really good. Um, and as we kind of began to reflect on what we've heard as a leadership team and there's, and there's more to do in that, I guess one of the things we really felt was um, what we heard a lot is about was about who we are as a community, so about the love we have for one another, about the space that we try and create, about our inclusivity, um, about all of those, like, the kind of like DNA that we have. Um, and as we reflected on kind of moving forward, I guess what it felt that the next stage of kind of, you know, re reflecting on who we are and what we do as a community is then well, what do we do with that? I feel like what we unpacked over the last term was a really big summation of who we are, but the question then becomes, okay, what do we do with that? How then shall we live? Um, is one way of phrasing that question. And obviously there's tons of ways in which those two questions are linked, but I, feel, I, I, I think the next stage that we reimagine what it means for us to exist as this community is to answer that element of that question. Um, but what we don't want to do is to dive straight into that. Um, we feel there's still a bit more reflecting to do on what we've heard. Um, and so we're not going to go immediately into those kind of questions this term. But um, as we were reflecting and praying and talking um, about this coming term, what actually it felt while we were talking is what we wanted was to encounter Jesus. Um, we wanted to create space for people to be with and to meet with Jesus. Um, and we Obviously we do that in so many ways in terms of what we do, in terms of what we sing, when we're together, when we talk, we believe that Jesus is manifesting all of those things. But as we were reflecting on that kind of desire that we got for that, what we decided that we wanted to do was to spend some time reading stories about Jesus, and specifically reading stories um, and allowing people to reflect on stories of where people encounter Jesus in the Gospels. What difference did encountering Jesus make to people's lives? What were those stories like? How did he surprise people, change people, upset people? Um, and so the plan for this term is to just spend some time unpacking these stories. So we'll continue meeting um, in the kind of patterns that we've had. As you can see, we'll be at Butemills again next Sunday. We'll be outside. We'll be back and do communion here. We'll meet in brunch bubbles. Um, and the idea is over those, in that rhythm, there will be ways um, of Basically, we, we've split, we've got like groups, three different groups of stories, so kind of three patterns about different ways people met with Jesus, people who were changed by Jesus, people who were healed by Jesus, Jesus meeting, kind of surprising people. Um, I, to be honest, I can't remember how we grouped them, but there's a document with them on, I believe we'll be emailed about it. Um, so that's the kind of plan for this term. Once again, we'll have four teams running those Sundays um, for the four kind of different types of Sundays. 
Um, and if you aren't involved in one of those teams and would like to be, we'd really love you to be involved, basically. So come and grab myself or Jane afterwards and we'd love to chat. And for as many people to be involved in that as, as possible, because actually one of the other things that's felt really good over the last term is having what we've been doing on a Sunday led by a, a wider variety of people that we've done for a while. Um, I think particularly during lockdown, we kind of honed down quite a small team, which I don't think reflected all of who we are as a community, and to be honest, also made it quite daunting for a small team. So I, I think one of the things that felt rich in the last term is not only like what we've said and what we've shared, but the way that we kind of help our different people. So we want to continue that pattern, um, and we want as many people to be involved in those teams as possible. Um, so that's the kind of plan for the term. Uh, there was, when we were kind of going through some stories and figuring out what stories to do, there was one story that I wanted to include and I didn't. Um, and when I was thinking about this morning, um, I wanted to create some space just to reflect on that story um, and what it might tell us about what, some, about what it means to encounter Jesus. Um, and it's a story in John 4 of um, Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. Um, for some of us, it might be a really well-known story. When I was at uni studying a youth work in theology degree, the running joke was that if you needed to throw a Bible passage in to make any point about youth work, you'd just use that one. So it became a bit of a cliche, but um, I find whatever I present to it's really rich. Um, it's also quite a long story, and so Mark's going to read it to us because you'll be telling from my voice in a little bit anyway. And to be honest, I'm not going to say much about it but, because no one needs to hear me talk for ages, um, and the story does a lot for itself anyway. So. Um, Mark, feel free to take the time with this and read it how you'd like, and then I'll come and say something afterwards. You can use the voice if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Jesus talks with Samaritan woman. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob has given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself? as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, 
you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, the time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for ours for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or, why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did, ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Thanks, Mark. Um, but there's obviously a lot in that passage. Um, it's, it's so rich. Um, here are some things I'm not going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about this, um, Phil Hebrews stuff about. I'm not going to talk about the imagery of living water. It's as beautiful as that is. Um, I'm not going to talk about the fact that Jesus met this woman at the well, but the same well that Jacob potentially met his wife at, and Jacob being, I'm not going to try and unpack all that kind of like cultural context to it. Um, I'm not really going to go into detail on the Jews and the Samaritans. Um, there's lots of stuff that I'm not going to do. But what I would encourage you to do is maybe just spend some time with this passage this week. There is so much there around all of that stuff and so much more as well um, that it's really worth I think, spending some, some time with. Um, because I'm not going to do any of those things. Um, instead, when I was reading and, and praying about this passage this week, um, the things that stuck out to me when I was thinking about this term in relation to this story was about the kind of mechanics of the encounter itself um, and what that tells us about what it means to encounter Jesus. Um, I guess by way of context, um, I'm not going to go big on this, but I just think I wasn't going to, but like, broad brushstrokes, a lot of Jews didn't get on with a lot of Samaritans. So Jesus hanging out with 
I guess what appeared to be this woman of ill renown, Samaritan woman, in public, wasn't like a good look for a religious teacher at the time. So he's already kind of going outside the norm just in doing that. Um, and so in that context, what happens in this conversation perhaps even more interesting and more powerful. So um, three things that happen in this conversation um, that I basically think happens, these are three things that I think are kind of hallmarks of encounter with Jesus and we'll see them in other stories, and I think might be a way of thinking about our disposition towards encountering Jesus as we reflect on some more stories this term. Um, so firstly in this story, there is truth at the heart of it. There is a challenge to this woman's life. Jesus names what is going on in this woman's life. He sees it, and he names it, and he challenges her on it. An encounter with Jesus will be one rooted in truth, and sometimes that truth might come with a challenge. One of the things I really love and appreciate about this community is the space and grace we hold forward with one another. But I sometimes wonder if I reflect on myself, whether like I prioritise that space and that grace over truth and over like challenge, both like in what I allow other people to say to me and my disposition towards other people as well. And I wonder, like, well, the next thing I want to talk about is the grace that Jesus has for that woman. But in these encounters with Jesus, that's that grace and that truth go hand in hand. And I think as we think about encountering Jesus over the next term or so, I want us to do so with like an openness to the truth that Jesus might bring us. If we spend time with Jesus, I, I, I believe that basically the truth comes to the surface and elsewhere in Scripture it tells us that the truth will set us free. So that's the first thing that we see in this conversation. There is truth and there is challenge at the heart of it. Secondly, like I just alluded to, there's grace. Despite knowing the truth about her, despite knowing how society says he should act towards her, Jesus acts towards her humanity in this conversation. He cherishes her, he values her for who she is rather than just what she's done or the kind of like cultural mechanic of her. Truth without grace is not the kind of community that we foster here and not the kind of community that wants to be a part of. But an encounter with Jesus is one that will treat us with grace, treat ourselves with grace, and in the turn we will then treat others with grace as well. And again, with Jesus, what we want that is full of truth, but also full of grace, full of compassion for ourselves and for one another. Finally, in this encounter, there is hope. Jesus points in this story to a hope that is to come, a future that is coming for her and for all, a day is coming, he says. And so while our encounters with Jesus might resonate and might speak truth and grace to the here and now, they will also point towards something bigger, something that is to come, our future hope alongside the hope, grace and truth that Jesus offers us for today. And out of those kind of three hallmarks of meeting with Jesus, of grace, of truth and of hope, um, the outcome of that is changed. This, change, this woman is changed by her encounter by Jesus. A lot of church tradition um, talk about this woman as one of the early disciples and the stories of her baptism. Um, and what we see in the immediacy of this story is her going and telling people about what has happened telling people about her encounter with Jesus. She is changed by that, and then in turn, those around her are changed by her encounter with Jesus. She is changed because of her encounter with Christ. Changed by her experience of truth, of grace, and of hope. And so, this term, as we seek to encounter Jesus, we want to do so in these ways, with truth, with grace, and with hope, for ourselves and for one another. And in doing so, we hope that we can allow ourselves to be changed by those encounters with Jesus. Um, that 
you don't have to say about that because it's just very, as I said, there is much more that could be, and I'd encourage you to spend some time maybe with that story this week.